chance to win it right here. Special for Carr. Off the battle. Big time. That car will drive. Are you kidding me? This is Niederreiter holding on to it. And he scores. Nino Niederreiter wins the series for the Minnesota Wild. Fred Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. That strike three from Presley. And the Astros win it 3-1. to one, And they sweep the wild card series. Two games to none. Holding the Twins offense completely in check. With the sixth pick in the 2009 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Johnny Flynn from Syracuse University. Heartbreaking losses, questionable wins, and unquestionable fandom. This is your source for Minnesota sports talk. This is Land of 10,000 Tears with your host, Brett Lindbergh. Hey everybody, my name is Brett Lindbergh and I am your host for Land of 10,000 Tears. Really excited for today's episode. I'm throwing caution to the wind today, having a great guest on that's Grant Bills. And we're talking about whatever we talk about, mainly talking baseball. We're talking Twins, Brewers, opening day matchup, which I'm really excited about. But other than that, this is unscripted. This episode is brought to you by Ted's Pizza Palace, located at 306 Main Street, East Menominee, Wisconsin. Great pizza, great sandwiches, pasta, salads, you name it. Try out their Euro. It's great. Got some beers there. You can enjoy the game. Awesome place. Taste the homemade difference. We're going to jump right into that interview. Here it is. All right, everybody. I'm excited to announce I've got another guest on with me. That is my good friend Grant Bills. He is with the Wisco Sports Show out of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Grant, how are you doing today? I am excellent. Mostly because I don't have to worry about another Badgers game this weekend. Like, I love watching the Badgers and March Madness, but it was okay that we, we put their season to rest last week. That's fine. That's fine. I can enjoy the rest of the tournament now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have the luxury being that Minnesota kind of peed their chances away, but I get what you're saying, and you don't have to be stressed about games or anything right now. You know, I must say, I've gotten a lot of comments off of the intro that you made for me so i need to officially thank you for that i was so much fun to make just because i got to sit through like paul allen calls and it's cool to just look back at really memorable sports moments and i like doing audio stuff like that so that was fun to make i i like working on projects like that so that was that was a joy and i'm glad people like it because it's pretty darn funny i think yeah and so everybody is like man your intro is so cool and i'm like yeah it sounds really official and then i start talking and it's like all downhill from there but that's what's funny it is i mean that's what that's what makes it funny it is hilarious because you have like all of the official audio equipment recording stuff the best softwares and then i'm here on GarageBand, and like i'm literally holding my phone up to a microphone when i want to play songs and everything it's like just a step in the right direction but long ways to go hey i think that's that's the direction people want to head now like people are buying records we're getting back into that like I, I want my podcasts recorded as naturally as possible. I think that's the movement in podcasting. Yeah, and honestly, we're right. And the only thing that I really care about is if you can hear it clearly, and, and that's it. Like mm-hmm. as long as people know what I'm saying and what my guests are saying. So, Con- 
Content is king. Nothing yeah. else matters. It's all about content. Absolutely. So I want to get into your job briefly, and then we can get into brewers and just anything sports-related. So my first question for you is, was there ever a time that you felt like you were faking it till you make it? Oh, yeah, every day. That's what I do now. <laughs> like, I, I, think, uh, I think when I started doing a show, the show officially started in 2018, but I was doing podcasts before then. I think you just, like, you, you just pretend to be, like, the radio hosts or the podcasters you like. Like, you just impersonate them, right? And then as you keep going, you add your own little flavors in. So I think everybody who does a job like this, like, you're just faking it all the time. Because there's no, like, there's no way to do a radio show or a podcast or TV, like, I don't know, you just kind of develop your own thing. So absolutely, like, I've faked it for years. I still think I fake it sometimes. There's some days where I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about. Like, if, if, if I had to do a show today, the Bucks lost last night. I'd be like, what am I going to say about this? Like, I don't think the loss is a big deal, for example. But I have to come up with something to say, so you have to try to come up with something interesting and just kind of fake it. Yeah, dude, it's all faking. Every day it's faking. That, that's refreshing to hear And I know before you started doing the Wisco Sports Show Were you working on a Top 40 station then? Yeah, and I still do um, I'm on at night So my role on that station isn't huge Like I'm not I, I always um, I always bellyache at night about how the morning show hosts Are morning buzz They get to do all the cool things Because they're the big names And that's, that's fine I'm just the lowly night man on, our top, on Z93 On our Top 40 station But it's fun Um I like working on music radio too. I don't know. Any any chance I have to talk really and being annoying, I'll I'll take it. So yeah, before I ever officially did sports, I was doing music. Yeah. Yeah, and so when you probably started, I bet you were thinking like, oh, I, I better not embarrass myself or anything like that. And reality, it's like you probably could have gotten on the air just hammered. And I can tell you firsthand, like I don't even know what the radio hosts even saying if I'm listening to a music station. Yeah, you're there to fill the little spaces here and there. No, dude, I remember the first time I worked. Like, it was terrifying. Because it's like you push one wrong button, you're in front of this intimidating soundboard, and you're in the studio alone, and it's live. Like, recording a podcast is one thing, or, like, editing audio is one thing. When you're expected to have, like, okay, 40 seconds, and you got to do it live, like, that's very intimidating. I remember my first shift on Z93. It was, like, a Saturday afternoon. And it was right after Lacrosse Central won like some big game I don't remember if it was the state tournament game or if it was a big playoff game and I rambled about it for like two minutes and like I thought it was fine and and then I talked to my boss that week she's like you know like maybe let's try to trim that down to like 30 seconds you talk for way too damn long so it's I don't know you start you just fake it and then you adjust little by little but yeah I was miserable I'm still like I still have nights where I'm like god that was garbage like that sounded really bad so no, live radio is intimidating, and uh, some mistakes that are made, and I still make, they're, they're pretty funny. Like, it's, the, the, the result of live radio can sometimes be really, really funny. You get some funny clips and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one thing about doing it live is, like, there's that human factor where it's, like, it's okay if you don't get it perfectly because that's just how things are. Like, you don't get a chance to yeah. edit it. Like, I can edit everything in this. Because I'm not doing it yeah. live, and I do edit a lot of things. And everyone's like, oh, you sound really good. And it's like, hey, that's because I put in like two hours after the fact to edit it. I want it to sound yeah. good. Otherwise, it would be longer, and I wouldn't feel good about it. But 
Has this show that you began this journey on changed the way you watch sports? Yeah, I'm a lot more. I'm, I'm not a mess. I remember in like, like when I in, so let's say like 2016, 2017, dude. Like my my entire mood was just dependent on how my sports teams were doing. Like if they if they lost, I'd be miserable for an entire week, and I would yell, and I was just toxic. And now when I watch Packer games, like I still am really sad when they lose. But I'm sitting there on my laptop, and I'm like, oh, okay. So they lost in the NFC title game again. Like, how can I turn this into a week's worth of content? Like, what's interesting about this? And, I like, I, I think when you talk about sports for two hours every day, it's not that you become numb. Like, I still – it really sucks when the Packers lose. I hate it. And I still really get excited when they win. But, like, you're treating it like a product, too. It's not just the team that you cheer for. It's the product that you deal with every day. So – like, I can't be suicidal about the Packers because I would never be able to do this job. Like, it would drain the life out of my body. So when the Packers blow it against Tom Brady, Ron Brady, in the <laughs> NFC Championship game, I'm like, okay, I hate everything. But then again, like, what interesting happened in this game? Like, like what are the big points? Like, how can I turn this into content? And I actually think that helped me get over, like, really bad losses. And my Wisconsin sports teams have had plenty of like bad losses very close to the championship round in the last two or three years. So I think I've kind of just had to, I've had to chill out a little bit. I certainly think I've become a more relaxed sports fan. You almost have your own therapy session every single day where you can, Mm -hmm. you get it to, you get to talk through it every day and eventually you're just like, all right, I've come to terms with this and I guess that's the way it is and that's fine, which is, it's interesting. And I mean, I've listened to your show pretty much anytime I get the chance to. And sometimes you're like, all right, we just finished talking Packers. We're going to go to a break, but then we're going to talk more Packers. I'm truly like, okay, well, what's he going to talk about now? Like, I don't have a clue. Is there a goal of potentially doing something else in sports broadcasting? I don't know. I like doing what I do now. Um, In the last couple of months, we've taken some pretty exciting jumps. Like the show was on in lacrosse for two years. We started in Madison last fall as well. And then we added Eau Claire a couple of weeks. This was like a month ago. So, you know, we have a lot of listeners on the West side of the state. I want to continue to grow that. Like I want to add stations. Um, I want to get a station in the Northwood. Those are my people. I want to get up by like Rice Lake and by Superior. Like I, like I want to talk to the people up there. So I like that's the goal of mine. Um, and then, of course, trying to get in and, you know, markets like Milwaukee and Green Bay um, and places like that, too. That's, that's what I want to do right now. In the future, I have, I have no idea, you know. And that's, that's kind of the cool part about doing a sports show, too, is you have this really amazing excuse to connect with people. Like, I can hit up somebody who writes about sports or talks about sports or is on TV. Like, I can hit them up and have a built-in excuse to talk to them. Like, hey, really like your work. Would you ever want to come on? Whereas if I didn't have a show, I can't just hit up this person and be like, hey, I really like your work, like, be my friend. But like, it, like, that wouldn't really work. So that's another cool part of doing a show. Is, and I don't have a ton of guests, but I have some. And you get to make these connections and talk to people who work in other areas and in other realms of sports. And I don't know, I, it's cool to talk to people in, in other angles of sports and think about, like, oh, would I ever want to do this? Or would I ever want to, you know, add this? into you know part of my job one day so no I, I don't have really have any plans right now except for growing the show and doing what i'm doing i'm having a blast right now i feel like i need to see it through like one of these teams needs to win a damn championship when i'm doing this show because we've had an eastern conference final three nfc championship games and an nlcs since i've done the show like i 
I need to see it through. Like, if one of my teams can't win a title, then I'm going to die in the studio, like, <laughs> trying to get them there. That's kind of how I feel, how I feel at this point. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And maybe someday you'll be the big unit, Bill Michaels, and you take over and you're just the face of Wisconsin sports broadcasting. That would be cool. I, I don't know if at some point I would ever want to get out of Wisconsin. Like, it, it, yeah, I don't know. Because um, I, I really like talking about Wisconsin sports. I really enjoy talking about the Brewers, which I know we're going to do, and the Packers are obviously fun. And I like I love the NBA. I love the Bucks. Sometimes I wish there was a little bit more of an outlet in my job to talk about, like, hey, the Cavs and the Wizards played on League Pass last night, and you're not going to believe like the show that Larry, like Larry Nance Jr. has been a huge pickup for the Cavs. Like nobody's noticing like he, because he plays, you know, Tuesday night and he's never on TV. Like sometimes I wish my job had a little bit more of an outlet to talk about that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that's like that's a very small nitpick about my job. I love you know getting to talk about my teams every day. But maybe one day down the road, you know, doing more NBA stuff because that's something I really enjoy too, and I know you do as well. Yeah, absolutely. I know you mentioned Larry Nance and. Ironically, he was mentioned in a couple of potential trade talks, and I just don't think anything actually developed from that because he didn't go anywhere. Like, yeah, if you if you wanted to, you could talk about one of the Wolves' crazy collapses if that were to happen because that happens every other night. Oh, dude, last night, by the way, oh, I have this saved somewhere. Where did it go? Oh, yeah, 7.31 remaining. Uh, the Rockets were up 101-85 over the Wolves, and the Wolves won last night 107-101. Yes. Like I, I, so Wolves collapsed. You, you had, like, an amazing comeback last night, and the Rockets collapsed, and that was dope to say. Like, that's stuff I wish I could talk about on my show because I love the madness of the NBA, but nobody, like, most of my listeners don't really care. But, I, I like, I get that. That's kind of my guilty pleasure is random NBA games. Right, and that was interesting because in yesterday's episode, I was – talking about that game and i was saying wolves cannot win this game this is a team that you can't beat because they are trying to knock you out of that bottom three the rockets are in full tank mode the wolves are going to be getting beasley and russell back and i think they're going to start playing better basketball so you can't be losing games or, or winning games rather to the houston rockets or you need to lose to the rockets and that way you can preserve your top three draft pick. And by the way, uh, I traded for both D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley on my keeper fantasy basketball team. So if at any point those two want to start playing, that would be just excellent. Yeah. So, like if we could make that happen, please, God, because I'm getting ran out of this league and it's bad. Well, Beasley should be back in action for the Wolves next game. So I think you'll be okay now. But uh, Russell, excellent. I'm a fan. Yes, I like Malik Beasley on the court, obviously. D'Angelo Russell, I have no clue what's going on. Yeah, we'll see. Him and Anthony Edwards together is going to be an interesting dynamic. That'll be fun to watch it play out. Whether it goes well or poorly, it'll be fun. Yeah, and I'm wondering why they didn't make any moves because they have some pieces that I just wish they would have shipped out. And I know we had talked about if if Rubio had came available for the Bucks, like you would love to have him. And honestly, I wish he were gone. I just don't know why we're paying him, and I don't think he fits on the court very well. Leadership-wise, he's fine. Yeah. Can I can I make a suggestion really quickly of a Wolves trade that I think would be really fascinating before we move on? Like 60s, I probably I, I won't derail the show, but I want to get your thoughts on this. No, they're all good. The Bulls, the, the Bulls obviously want to be like the five seed. Like that's apparently their goal this year. What if the Bulls take Lori Markkinen and Colby White and whatever, however they make the salary match, but the the, the keys to the trade are Lori Markkinen and Colby White to the Wolves for Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, I mean, sadly, I wouldn't love it. 
but you have to come to terms with the fact that maybe it's a possibility. I don't think Gerson Rosas would even consider getting rid of Towns. I, he came out and said not getting rid of Towns, not getting rid of Russell, and not getting rid of Anthony Edwards. So I don't think it's really in the cards. But if, if the Wolves decided they were going to go full rebuild and you got rid of Towns, then maybe if you do land a top three pick, you can just get a center then. You could maybe go and get Evan Mobley. So... I mean, there's that. It's a deep draft, Brett. A lot of good players in this draft. Very deep. I do like Cat, though, and I I think he's come to terms with how he needs to play, like, as a leader and take initiative. Yeah, he he needs to understand that he is the face of the franchise, and he didn't do that for the first couple years of his career, so... They're rebuilding. Just an, just an idea I was kicking around. I yeah, yeah, I mean, in more trades with the Chicago Bulls, that's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so now we're going to segue into the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, the Twins and the Brewers are facing off opening day. I'm excited about it because it's my two favorite teams. If the Twins are playing the Brewers, I want the Twins to win. But if the Brewers are playing anybody else, it's like, go Brewers. Being that they are your number one, how do you manage expectations for the Brewers year in and year out, knowing that they can't spend as much money as the Dodgers, Cubs, or other teams? I'm glad you started. This is a good place to start. Really, really cynically, like, like I'm obnoxious about it. I'm always yelling about payroll. Like, always, always, always yelling about payroll and how they're cheap and how they don't want to spend money. That was that was last year. You, like, you got to understand the dynamic from 2019 to 2020. Right, letting Grandal go, letting Mustakis go, and then they bring in this batch of random players, right? They bring in Omar Narvaez and Ryan Healy, who played actual innings for them in a playoff game, Eric Sogard and Ben Gamble, and the Brewers tried to tell us, like, well, no, this is strategy. Like, we're saving money. We're getting five players to, you know, like, replace two for a lesser price. And we're like, no, you're not. Like, shut up. You're saving money. Like, don't try to pull a fast one on it. So, like, I remember last year we just yelled about payroll a lot. But this year they actually went out and spent a little money. And I think expectations this year are so key. And maybe it's the same way for the Twins, and you can explain that to me, but I don't see any way that the Brewers are beating the Dodgers or the Padres. Now, I haven't dug into the NL East or the NL South enough to understand, like, if there's a possibility that one of those teams could maybe... But for me, the goal this year is for the Brewers to win the Central. And I think that's an attainable goal. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the focus of this season trying to win the NL Central because it's something the Brewers have hardly ever done in their history. It's not like we're talking about the Packers or the Lakers or I I hate to put that. I I don't mean to like prop up the Packers, but with the Packers, it's like, hey, if you're not at the Super Bowl, like it's a failed season. It's not the same with the Brewers. I'm all in on the division. If they can contend for the division, that's my expectation. I'll be happy. Yeah, honestly, and for a lot of teams, it's like, if you get in, then there's always a chance that you can advance. So I think the Brewers have that potential, and honestly, from listening to your show, you kind of have me drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, because I had a fantasy baseball draft, and I took four Brewers. I waited a little bit, but yeah, so I I grabbed Yelich, I grabbed Devin Williams, I grabbed Woody, and then late, 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 was able to get Colton Wong. So I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on the Brewers. Obviously, wish him the best. So I'm excited to see where things go. Let's get into your prediction for the NL Central. I haven't done, shoot, I have to do that on my show this week. That's a good one. I'm going to write that down. Like, I can fill 15 minutes by doing NL Central predictions. I, it's very, very interesting because I was drinking the Brewers Kool-Aid 
like back in January, before moves were ever made. I'm like, hey, this rotation is great. The bullpen is great. Sure, they have like a hole at corner infield and you could use another outfielder, but like I was really high on this team. I'm like, hey, they make a move or two. Like this team is really, really good. We always want pitching. They have pitching. But then they went out and added Colton Wong and they added Jackie Bradley Jr. And I'm like, okay, okay. Well, now I, I really, really love this team. It's funny because like it, it's, tough, it's tough for me to judge because as a Brewers fan, you're always going to be optimistic. It's the same with the Twins. But the odds makers flesh it out. I mean, if you look at the Pocota standings through baseball prospectus, was a little surprising, right? They simulate Milwaukee to win the division at 88 wins. They weirdly have St. Louis four, which is so odd. Like, baseball perspectives has it going Milwaukee, Chicago, Cincy, St. Louis, which I, I don't know about that. Um, Fangraphs, which is one I always look at as well. They have the Brewers at the top at a 42% chance to make the playoffs, but then they have Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, Reds, Pirates, which makes a little bit more sense to me. I, I think it would probably come down to the Brewers and the Cardinals. Right? Like, I know the, the, all the rankings don't flesh out this love for the Cardinals, but I don't think you grow up as a Brewer fan without, a, like, a natural, healthy fear and respect for St. Louis. Like, sometimes they're just good because they're the Cardinals, and that's the only way to explain it. So, I, like, I don't know if I would pick the Brewers to win the division, but I certainly feel really good about it. The Pirates are garbage, so you can put them at the bottom. And I think the Reds and, and the Cubs are probably fighting for third place. I think the NL Central probably shakes out something like that. Yeah, I, I think there's some similarities between the NL Central and the AL Central where a lot of experts will say, oh, it's the White Sox or it's the Twins. And I mean, I know both of those teams are going to compete and maybe there's a chance that Cleveland is going to sneak in there at some point. I don't personally see it. And that's probably your opinion on what the Cubs look like right now. What What's your opinion on Cubs fans referring to Miller Park or I guess American Family Field as Wrigley North. Uh, that's fascinating. By the way, really quickly, Cleveland might be there. Cleveland's got the lowest payroll in baseball. They're down to forty-one million. So if you talk about the Brewers or any of these other teams being cheap, like shame on Cleveland. And that's probably why they shipped out Lindor. They're just, they're just saving money. Wrigley North, dude. It's been a it's been a fascinating couple of years with the Brewers Cubs rivalry. And and the Cubs won the World Series, which is something the Brewers have never done. It's really hard to act like. The Brewers have, have held their own, and they've like they've gotten theirs, you know, just like the Cubs, because the Cubs have a championship. The Brewers don't, but the Brewers have held in there and played the the Cubs tough. And if you watch Brewers Cubs games the last couple of years, I always bring this up on my show to the point where my listeners are probably tired of hearing it. Like these two teams bring the best out in each other, right? Like every time the Brewers and the Cubs play, it doesn't matter if one team's on a heater and the other team's on a losing streak. Like it, it always seems to zero out, and they're playing these really close, well fought, well managed games. And then the fans, and we lost out on that last year, but it's brutal, man. Like, a Tuesday night game in May isn't supposed to be as stressful as it is, but when the Brewers and the Cubs play, especially at American Family Field, you know, formerly Miller Park, it's, it, dude, it's brutal. Like, I don't know why I care about these games so much. It's because the place is filled up with Cubs fans. So it, it stings a little bit, but I, I think you'll always have that in sports. Like, Milwaukee's so much smaller than Chicago, so naturally Cubs fans are going to travel it's been a really fun rivalry. It's been stressful at times, but it's been a joy to watch. And it's like anytime you get an urgent feeling baseball game in May or in June, I'm not going to complain about that because it's a long season and you need a little bit of that, I think. Obviously, if you talk to any Cubs fans, they'll tell you that tickets to Miller Park are probably cheaper than they are to Wrigley. And so I've had yeah. the luxury of going to a couple of those games at Miller Park because every summer we just make a trip out of it to go see two games and there are a ton of fans ton of cubs fans and i mean it's a really fun rivalry like you said i remember literally being in one of my business classes watching game 163 on my phone 
and it was it was hilarious because I think Brewers won like two one or something, or maybe they it was two one at one point. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching that, and it was really exciting because that was for the division, not even just the wild card. So yeah, it, it's a very fun rivalry, no doubt. And I know before you had alluded to the Brewers' ownership being a little bit cheap. So I guess year to year, are you typically satisfied, unsatisfied with how they drive a winning culture? Um, I, I really like, even when the Brewers have been bad, I, I really like their team. And I, and I think when you hear from players who have played in Milwaukee, they always seem to have really good things to say. Um, and it's not just players who are, who are Brewers lifers like Ryan Braun, but I, I do think they have a really good culture going all the way back to, like, the Corey Hart, Ricky Weeks, like, I don't know, even, like, the Carlos Gomez Brewers. Like, they, they have fun teams, you know? And even when the Brewers are bad, I don't feel like they're obsolete to the extent that some other teams are, like, I don't know, let's say the Mariners, right? And I, I do have an appreciation for the Brewers just because they are – I feel like they're a legit team, even when they're not good. Um, and I'm, I'm always monitoring payroll and the way that they put a team together. They're 20th in Major League Baseball in payroll right now at $77 million, So they're right below the Rockies, the Reds, the Twins. They're, they're right below league average, which I'm okay with because they went out and got Colton Long and they got Jackie Bradley Jr. Like, they're being aggressive. Um, and, and But I'm always payroll watching, yeah, and I'm and – I'm, I'm trying to pay attention to how much they're investing in the team, and there's different ways to invest. Right? It's not just through spending money in free agency. But I'm all about the Brewers' culture, and I think it's it's fun, and I'm going to sound like a Brewers homer here, but Colton Wong signed with the Brewers this offseason. Colton Wong has played in St. Louis forever, and St. Louis is the big brother to everyone else in the NL Central. They're the team with the rings. They have the they have Tony La Russa, and they have Yadier Molina, and their starting rotation is always great. Like They develop starting pitchers, and I think it speaks volumes that a guy like Colton Wong who played in St. Louis for years, was like, hey, you know what? I want to go play in Milwaukee. Like, I like what they're about. They do things a little bit differently. Craig Council thinks a little bit differently. But I'm, I want to go try it out there. Like, I, I think that speaks volumes. And you hear things like that from players. They're like, you know what? I like playing in Milwaukee. I want, to, I want to go play there. So even when they're not spending money and even when they're not, you know, chasing division titles or chasing a playoff spot, it, it's, it's hard to be angry at the Brewers because I, I do really like what they do to kind of answer your culture question. Yeah, and I know you mentioned that the Brewers put together fun teams, and you look at last year's team, one of those names that you didn't mention about guys that you kind of wonder where they came from would be Jed Jerko, and it's I was looking at their team, and I'm like, I have no clue who these guys are, no clue who's yeah. hitting for the Brewers, but I know that they've got great pitching, so last year's team a fun team to watch because they had good pitching and obviously they made the playoffs so i mean yes they do put forth a decent effort even when you think maybe they don't yeah 20 29 and 31 last year two games below 500 and sneaking into the postseason but I mean, it was a nasty division man i mean like you, you like the nl central was so competitive they're all beating up on each other it was like the big 10 and then, like the Big Ten, all the NL Central teams got to the postseason and bowed out immediately. That team was fun to watch last year because, as Brewers fans, we haven't always had good pitching. Like, historically, they've overpaid for Jeff Supon or Kyle Loesch or Matt Garza because they're chasing the Cardinals. They want to be the Cardinals, and they're trying to pay for this premier pitching. Well, they actually have been developing pitching. Like, Woodruff was tremendous the last two years, and Burns figured it out last year and was excellent. Burns finished last year. He had an ERA under two last year. He was electric. And he was winning games. The problem was they couldn't score. So that's, you know, what you're hoping that they, they continue to get better at this year. But I agree with you. Like, this is a fun team. Like, I enjoy watching the Brewers, even if they're not making the postseason. And last year they were under 500. But, you know, it's a team that, I, that I'm that i happy to cheer for and happy to be a fan of. 
Yeah, and so last year, Yelich kind of took a step back, and I'm hoping that he's kind of a sleeping giant and he becomes awoken this season. Obviously, I have him in fantasy, but he is definitely essential in winning games for the Brewers. I know you mentioned the Big Ten being a really great conference this year and getting into the tournament and bowing out. I am the type of fan who is not necessarily super allegiant to the Big Ten where it's like, okay, I hope all the Big Ten teams win. The only reason I care is because I picked a lot of them in my bracket. So looking at that Michigan's still the only team left, it's like, I don't really care, but my bracket looks pretty bad because of it. Well, yeah, and once again, like, off on this Big Ten tangent, I'm bummed because I don't watch probably as much college basketball as you do. And the college basketball that I do watch is Big Ten. So I, I feel as though I bought in and had a feel for Illinois and a feel for Iowa. And, like, those were teams that I was excited to watch, you know, last weekend and then hopefully this weekend and beyond. And then they all lost, and I'm like, okay, like, I'll, get, like, I'll watch Oregon, I guess. I don't know anything about them, but I'll watch. So, like, whether or not I'm a fan of other Big Ten teams, um, like, those are the teams that I know. And those are the teams that I was excited to watch. So it kind of stinks that they all lost. And Michigan is whatever. Like, I respect their program. I really love John Beeline for the longest time, you know, except for when he went to Cleveland. And I don't know what <laughs> that was. Like, playing like slugs, just an iconic moment in NBA history, that remark. But I don't know. Without Isaiah Livers, it's like I, they beat LSU last week. And I'm like, this team still doesn't blow me away. I don't know. It, it was a bummer what happened to the Big Ten. But, yeah, that's our, that's our Big Ten tangent. Yeah, and I mean, today they go up against Florida State, and Florida State has so much talent, but sometimes they just don't play well. So I think it's going to be a good game if both teams come to play, but honestly, could not tell you. Florida State will blow out a ranked team and lose to a 500 team. So I literally have no clue what to think about today's game. Want to get into the upcoming Twins Brewers series. What is the Brewers' blueprint for success going into opening day, but also the entire season? I, I am a very I'm a Brewers fan that's very Craig Council centric. So I try to I try to watch everything this team does through the lens of Craig Council and what he's trying to do. This team since 2018, when they kind of popped onto the scene and were one game away from the World Series, they have been a bullpen first team. They've built it up on the back end, and then they've kind of did whatever they needed to do with the starting rotation to make it work. And in 2018, they were starting guys like Gio Gonzalez, and they re- they ran Wade Miley out there, and like they didn't they didn't really have a solid rotation. Now they have the rotation. Woodruff, Burns, Peralta is going to be back into the rotation after a really, really good spring training, striking everyone out. And then they got to figure out the last couple spots between Hauser and Anderson and, and Lindblom's in there. He, Council said he'll start in the pen, but you know we'll see. I, I look at this team as like you're trying to you're trying to make game seven innings. Like you are trying to create a game and, and game plan a game where you have the lead in the seventh inning. Because then you can get to Williams, and you can get to Hayter, and you have these really good, like, Topo was really good last year. This team just, they just find a way to just discover, like, relievers that are really, really good. So if this Brewers team, the whole goal is to to win a seven-inning game, have a lead in the seventh, and then slam the door with those really, really good back-end relievers, that's the way they've been winning games the last couple of years. This year, I think they have the offense to actually do it at a better clip. Like, that, that was the type of game they were playing last year. They just, they couldn't score. So getting a lead into the seventh inning, they need to be up like two to nothing or two to one, which they could do sometimes because their starters, you know, at the top end, Woody and Burns were great when they weren't hurt, which is the problem at the end of the year. 
you just get a lead in the seventh inning. That's that's your blueprint to success, and then you use that back end of your bullpen to really just slam the door. They've won a lot of games the, like that the last couple of years, and I weirdly think this team this year might actually be best because they can actually score runs, which in 2018, 2019, 2020, they, they struggled with. I, I think of them sort of, this is going to sound like a weird analogy, but sort of like the Yankees back a couple of years ago because Yankees starting pitching – hasn't always been super great but their bullpen has been awesome and obviously they had some run support to get them a lead and then bring in those guys and that's kind of like what the brewers are going to have to do and the brewers lineup is going to be good obviously back a couple years ago they had a great lineup and so then they could get into the bullpen with a lead so i think yeah i agree definitely sorry to interrupt this podcast but i need to recognize a sponsor that is north coast craftsman They craft quality wooden pieces that accent your home in a way that rivals your neighbors. Send them a message, visit their pages on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube just to see what they can do. That's North Coast Craftsman. Give them a shot. Now let's get back to the interview. So if you're Craig Council, like you said, you're a big Craig Council guy, what is your lineup going to look like on opening day? I think, well, starting at the top, I I think Colton Wong is a really intriguing option as a leadoff hitter. They they brought in Colton Wong, and I love it because he's a guy who hits for average, right? He's 275-ish for the last three or four years. And the Brewers have a lot of pop. They don't have a lot of guys who hit for average. Like, the guys that are just going to get on base, they're going to take walks, they're going to scratch and claw to be active on the base pad. So I think if this lineup can start with probably some form of Colton Wong, and I don't know what they do with Lorenzo Cain if they try to He's 35. I don't know if they try to squeak him back in at the top of the lineup. But the idea this year is you still have the pop of Yelich, you know, in the middle of the lineup, like if they want to put Jackie Bradley Jr. there or Keston Hero who needs to produce runs. The, the idea from last year to this year is, is the top of the lineup needs to get on base. So I think Colton Wong is a really intriguing option there. And then you have your meat of the order in the middle to drive some of those runs in. Interesting positional battles in that lineup, third base. I think they want it to be Travis Shaw. I think they're going to make every effort for it to be Travis Shaw. It's his job to lose. Um, I really like Orlando Arcia. He probably rounds out the bottom of the order somewhere. He's an interesting wild card. Like On a night where the Brewers can't hit the ball to save their lives, Orlando Arcia will have four hits. And then in a night where the Brewers score ten runs, Orlando Arcia will have four strikeouts. So I kind of like him as the wild card. I like the inconsistency of Orlando Arcia, but then again, I'm a Brewers fan. He's an interesting option at the bottom of the order. Really, this lineup is dependent on on the top and the middle. Uh, they paid Colton Wong to come in and get on base and be active on the base path. Lorenzo Kane the same. And then Yelich and here need to drive and run. And they didn't last year. So that needs to change. Keston here needs to turn himself into an interesting prospect, which he's been the last couple of years, to an actual productive MLB star. And if that happens, the team's going to score a lot of runs and they have the pitching to defend. Um, and the defense as well to defend if they're able to put up runs, which is, you know, I, I really like this team. Like, you can hear me talking myself into them. Yeah. Do you think uh, Orlando Arcia is probably one of the like most liked guys on the team? It depends on who you ask. I think a lot of Brewers fans really like him, but David Stearns and the Brewers have seemingly tried to like find a better option. Like They traded Trent Grisham to the Padres for a reliever who really hasn't done anything and a middle infielder who is supposed to be like the guy to put pressure on Arcia. He really hasn't done anything either. I really love Orlando Arcia. It depends on the Brewers fan. I think a lot of people like him. The Brewers seemingly want to get better at that position, which I don't, I think they have bigger fish to fry. I, I don't know if Orlando Arcia is the spot they should be worrying about, seeing they don't really have a third or a first baseman. Um, it just depends on who you ask. I really love him. I think a lot of fans do, but I, 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 I don't think everybody does, to answer your question. 
Sure. I mean, he seems like a guy who plays with a ton of energy, at least. What is your take here on the no DH for the NL? This is, I'm glad you brought this up, because you're a Twins fan. You're, you're used to the DH, right? That's the, that's the brand of baseball you've always watched. Yeah. When they added the DH in the National League last year, I hated it. I'm like, oh, there's no strategy. Like, is it nothing sacred anymore? Like, I was a total old man in my yard yelling at clouds. But then, like, two weeks in, I'm like, wait a minute. This is really fun. Like, we get another batter in the lineup to play with every game, and that's more lineup flexibility, and I don't have to worry about, like, oh, Woodruff's stealing, but, you know, shit, we got to pull him because the Brewers can't score any runs and you can't sink another at bat. Although, last, you know, Brandon Woodruff's one of their best hitters last year. Their offense couldn't hit worth the damn. So, like, I really started to enjoy having the DH, and now they're taking it out, assumedly, which I, I, I don't know why you change rules. Like, I thought everybody was kind of on board with it. Everybody loved the DH, hated the new extra inning rules, and Rob Banford's like, hey, we're keeping the extra inning rules, but, like, screw you, we're taking the DH away. I think the frustration comes from National League clubs with the uncertainty, right? Like, we're pretty sure they're taking the DH away, but I, I like, I think there's also a chance they sneak it back in at the 11th hour, and Craig Council was pissed about this this week because the Brewers beat asked him. They're like, hey, Craig, you know, have you heard anything about the DH? And Craig was basically like, no, I haven't. And if they make a decision, I'm not going to hear about it. It's going to go through Passan or Rosenthal or one of those guys. And I think these National League clubs are frustrated by that because they're trying to build a roster, and they don't know the rules. Right, like, how are you supposed to put to put together the best forty man roster if you don't know whether or not there'll be a DH? So, I think there's some frustration in the National League because of it. I just like to see them keep the DH. Because yeah, the Brewers, like, and other teams have endured this. Like, they like Jimmy Nelson was a great pitcher for them, whose career was completely derailed because he was sliding back to first base on like a pickoff play. Like, that's just a really it's stupid, and it's avoidable with the DH. So I'm I'm all in on the DH. I want them to bring it back. I know you mentioned Rob Manfred. It seems like he doesn't want to step on anyone's toes, and then in the process is continually just stepping on people's toes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, so what's yeah. your What's your take on the new naming of formerly Miller Park? Has it grown on you at all? It's really wordy. There's something convenient about like Target Field. Miller Park. It's very simple. And as a radio host, I like simple because it's like, oh, we're going to American Family Field this summer. It's a little bit more wordy. So I'm, I'm getting used to it in that regard. But oh, I don't really care. Like, Miller Park is named after the beer and they're the brewers. So that was perfect. And that's great. And that's a bummer that that's going away. But I, I remember when they built the Pfizer Forum and they announced the name. And me and, and my friends at the time, we would go to Bucks games. We would drive from lacrosse. And we're like, what a stupid name. Like, I'm going to call it the Bradley Center anyways. I, I refuse. Like, become ungovernable as fans. Like, I'm calling it the Bradley Center anyways. And then, the you know, the first week of the season, I've adopted Spicer for him. And, it's, you know, it's just normal. So I, I think the same thing will happen. A lot of Brewers fans are pretty ticked about it. But they're always ticked about change. So, I don't know. It, it's a bummer. I'll miss Miller Park because it was just so perfect. But family a good insurance provider i got nothing against American family <laughs> yeah i mean if you if you take a deeper dive into it obviously the naming rights come in and branding and everything but you know if if they yeah. could it would be great if they just said american family field at miller park and it doesn't have to have anything to do with the beer at all like yeah. it's still miller park the field can be named aff right that's fine yeah but miller park in a whole is more than baseball it's the whole atmosphere you know, you're exactly right, Brett. Yeah, I love everything you're saying. And I, there are other teams that do that, right? Like, don't the Orioles play at, like, some field at Camden Yards? Or it's, Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm looking it up. It's Oriole Park at Camden Yards. So I don't know if they have a name sponsor. That's a tough team. But, like, other, other teams have 
done that approach. I just don't know why American Family Field would ever do Miller a favor like that, you know. So it's just kind of the way the real world works. I'm going to miss Miller Park. I'm still going to drink Miller Lite, you know, always remember, never forget. Next time I'm at the Bob Euchre lot tailgating, I'll pour out a little bit of Miller Park onto the asphalt or a little bit of Miller Lite uh, for Miller Park, rest in peace. But, yeah, I'll get used to it. You know, it is what it is. It's a bummer, but change happens. Yeah, I love how you always, any chance you get to uh, reference Miller Lite, you always plug it, so that's fun. But yeah, since you mentioned, uh, what is it, Oriole Park at Camden Yards, I know like Colorado Rockies, Diamondbacks, uh, spring training organization, their complex is called uh, Salt River Fields at Talking Stick Park, right? Like, it doesn't roll off the tongue, but you can refer to it as both things. So obviously, yeah. people like us are going to be mad about it for no reason. But well, and what else are sports fans going to do this time of year if not bitch about the name of a stadium? Like that's kind of, it. Kind of comes the sports fandom. Like this is what we do. Like this is what we sign up for when we're irrational, like children about our team. Yeah, absolutely. Quick question here: Who is your favorite brewer of all time? Ooh, uh, I mean, it, it's such a cop out answer. It's gonna, it's got to be Ryan Braun, though. Right? I don't know. There's, he's been there for so long. It, it's hard for me to say, like Mike Moustakis, for example, he was here for such a short stint. Like, it's hard for me to say anybody but Ryan Braun because he was here for basically my whole life as a Brewers fan. I think maybe an honorable mention would, like, J.J. Hardy was a huge fan favorite. I love Giovanni Gallardo. Um, let me think. Is there somebody? Carlos Gomez is probably another one. Like, he would be an honorable mention. It's hard to hate Carlos Gomez. But I, I would have to say Ryan Braun. He's just, like, the classic brewer. And he pisses off other fan bases, which is, I don't know, there, there's something endearing about that, too. We don't have to talk about the cheating. That was so, that was so long ago. I don't even hardly remember. I was like, whatever. Like, when people ask me about the steroid thing with Ryan Braun, it's just like, oh, I, I was, like, four years old when that happens. I don't even remember. I definitely wasn't. Like, I think I was 10, 10, 12, 13, 14 at the time. I don't even remember. But I would just play it off. Like, oh, I was so little. I don't even remember, which definitely wasn't the case. But that's how I get out of talking about that. Yeah, and I think a lot of the reason why people like Ryan Braun is because of some of the big hits he's come up with year after year. And my favorite brewer, weirdly enough, is probably Bill Hall. And there's no performance around that at all to justify it. But it's just Bill Hall. I don't know. I liked him. And he it was a long time ago. I was young. So no reason to justify it. But I just liked him. Just a classic brewer. And I think a lot of like people would hearken back to the era of Corey Hart, Ricky Weeks, like obviously Prince Fielder's in that mix too. It's just hard for me to, especially in baseball because there's so much roster turnover, it's hard for me to say anybody but Ryan Braun. I think it's Ryan Braun and then you're arguing for second and third place if we're talking about my favorite Brewers of all time. Sure, and obviously Brewers are your number one team, so your favorite player, justifiably so, might not be mine, but that's because I'm more of a Twins fan. So speaking of the Twins... What what do you do? Is is yours Maurer? Like, who's your favorite twin? Torrey Hunter, no doubt for me, but a lot of people would say Joe Maurer, and I understand. People will say Justin Morneau or Michael Kadair. I mean, those guys all played together, though. They all had some really great teams. So I have no beef with any reasoning behind having those guys as your favorite player. That was a heck of a lineup when you had Morneau and Maurer and Kadar. That was just a beefy lineup to try to navigate. I remember going to Brewers Twins fans uh, games at the Metrodome and then early target field too. And I'm like, damn it, like we're about to get smacked. And they always did. Like I always watched when we went to Brewers Twins games, the Twins would always win. But yeah, you know, it's a fun rivalry. It's a state state thing. They're not in the same division, not in the same league. So the games didn't matter. 
you know, it wasn't about the result. It was about the fellowship with our with our uh, fellow Northwest baseball fans, Midwest baseball fans. Think of it that way. Yeah, and I think it's really funny because there are some Wisconsin Minnesota sports fans that are like, "Oh, I hate the Twins. I hate the Brewers." It's like, why? You get why? to the game and people are like literally mad they're like we got to beat them we, this game matters so much it's like why don't you just have fun like, this game doesn't matter yeah. at all what do you mean let's just get drunk and watch these two teams and have fun we can yell about the packers and the vikings but of all the things to fight about brewers twins is near the bottom of the list yeah i'm glad you said that my next question is like what's your take on the minnesota twins they've been a, they've been an interesting team for me to judge because some of my best friends are twins fans and a lot of my baseball conversations you know, in those group chats over the course of the summer, we talk about the Twins. The Twins have been an interesting team to judge the last couple of years because they're playing in the Central. So you can get, like, two of the most irrelevant baseball teams over the last five years play in that division with the Royals and with the Tigers. So, like, like with the Brewers, for example, okay, I can, I can focus on Brewers-Cubs, Brewers-Cardinals. The Reds became interesting last year, and Tom Brenneman, like, doubled down and made them more interesting. So, the, so they're, no, like, noteworthy and interesting. <laughs> With the Twins, it's, it's an interesting division. Like, Cleveland is now kind of going in the tank, too, or at least they're cutting money. So it's, it's tough for me to have a reason to tune in and watch the Twins when they're not playing the Brewers. And the American League, like, like baseball is just more disconnected. Like, I watch every Vikings game. By and large, I watch every Bears game, even if it's a replay. With baseball, you're a lot more centered around your own team. So it's not like I watch a lot of the Twins. I will cheer for the Twins, and I love that they just hit bombs. I went to a game at Target Field two summers ago, and they just, they just hit home runs, and they're unapologetic about it, which is really, really fun, because the Brewers have had some teams like that, too, where they're like, yeah, no, the pitching isn't great, yeah, we can't score with runners in scoring position, but damn, can we hit a lot of home runs, and fan bases are just kind of like, you know what, that's fine, like, we'll take it, and that's the way the Brewers have been, too, at times, so I, I respect the hell out of that with the Twins, like, players like Miguel Sano. Like, he, he's kind of the quintessential just home runner bust type of player. I thought he hit a dong the other night, by the way. That was cool. Maybe that was yesterday. I saw the clip this morning. But I, I like the Twins. They're a fun team. They were really fun last year with the Bomba squad. And maybe that was two years ago when that nickname came out. With the pandemic, it's hard to keep everything in reference. But I'll cheer for the Twins. And I have a lot of friends, like you included, who are Twins fans. So I like seeing them do good. I have coworkers who are Twins fans. So, you know, it's fun to see them do good. I think baseball and Wisconsin and Minnesota is just more interesting when Brewers and Twins are both good. Since we're talking about your opinion on other teams, now we're going to get to that point where I ask you to rank your least favorite teams in major sports. So two NBA teams right off the top. This season season especially, um, I watched the Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics for no other reason than to hate them. I watched watched the Hawks last night. I watched the Celtics play a couple times this week just to just to try to watch them lose. That gives me a lot of joy. I think Trey Young is wildly overrated, which stinks because I like John Collins and I like a couple other players on the Hawks, but I Trey Young ruins it for me. Like, I'm sorry. So I hate watch the Hawks. I hate watch the Celtics because I hate being, and I'm sure you're the same way, like I hate being told that Jason Tatum is going to be an MVP one day. It's like, well, is he the best player on his team at the moment? Like, I think Jalen Brown is having, well, Jalen Brown is having a much better season. So I, I hate being lectured about how the Celtics are smarter than everyone else. They're game under 500 at the moment. They beat the Bucks last night. They shot the hell out of the basketball. Good for the Celtics. They, they were due for a bounce back. So Hawks and Celtics, I despise. Um, in the NFL, two teams that came to mind, I despise the Seahawks. And I have a, I, I was going to say I have a love-hate with Russell Wilson. I don't. I, I very much enjoy watching Russell Wilson lose. 
and enjoy watching the Seahawks lose. And I will vehemently cheer against whoever is playing with Tom Brady. Like, whatever team he is on, I will cheer vehemently against. Like, I like the Patriots now. I want to see them do good. I hope the Buc- I hope nothing good happens to the Buccaneers this year. And I felt that way long before they ever beat the Packers in the NFC title game. So I just I hope wherever Tom Brady goes, I wish him nothing but misery and loss. Um, those are four teams. Having a fifth, the Dodgers maybe, but like I don't know. It just bothers me that they can spend more money than everyone else. I, I don't know if that's a personal thing. I like a lot of those players. So the fifth I'm struggling with. I don't know. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I was wondering if obviously the Bears haven't been good over your lifespan yeah. but it could be the bears i mean it even could be the vikings although i think you've told me that you actually enjoy watching them and maybe maybe it's like a big 10 team or something i guess maybe ohio state Ooh. the big 10 is i respect ohio state they just do a really good job it's it's hard to hate on them because we you know as wisconsin we're kind of a little brother um i could say marquette but i really only am annoyed by marquette the one time a year they play the badgers the dallas cowboys I enjoy watching them lose. I don't know if it's per- like I once again. Like I like Dak. Uh, it would be cool to see McCarthy kind of have a cool second act. Like as a Packers fan, I feel like you hate Boston the most. So yeah. uh, literally, that <laughs> yeah. that could be it. I don't know. Maybe that's I it. Mean, I could I could rip on the Bruins. I don't really care about hockey, but I could but I could cheer against the Bruins if they're ever in the the finals. I mean, the Blackhawks annoyed me for a while, but I don't really I don't really care about hockey. It's not really my thing. I really, you know who I, you know who I can't stand? UW Platteville. How's that for an answer? That's I can't perfect. Stand the minors. That's perfect. I wish them nothing but misery and loss in their basketball program, which pains me because I'm a WEAC guy. But yeah, I can't stand Platteville. That can be my fifth team. That's perfect. So now I want to offer the opportunity for you to ask me anything if you've prepared anything for me. Okay. What are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers as a Vikings fan? Uh, hate to play against him. Um, I think he's he's worth every penny. Honestly, one of the best, if not the best, talent-wise of all time. Literally, uh, other than the fact that he plays for the Packers, I don't really have a problem with him. You know, okay. like, that's just the way it is. Like he could get traded, and like if he went to like Las Vegas, be like, yeah, I, I have no problem cheering for him. I, I just like. It's not that I would ever cheer against the Packers, but it's like there are a lot of fans that really make me want to. So I guess, I guess yeah. that's probably what, it. Yeah, here's another question. What, what is the most annoying thing that you have to deal with from Packers fans? Because as a Packer fan, I understand there's many different factions of Packers fandom, and we're all kind of at odds with each other right now about what we believe and what we like and what we don't like. Like, as a Vikings fan, what do you hate having to deal with from Packers fans because like I like when the Packers lose to the Vikings it's like damn it because I hate losing to a division rival but like I don't know if there's any characteristic about Vikings fans or any trait that I can think of where it's like god I hate when they do that like you've been dealing with Packers fans for obviously your whole life and you grew up in Wisconsin like what do you hate about Packers fans not necessarily like personally about people but like as a fan base what do you hate that we do what drives you nuts yeah so it's because I'm an interesting type of fan I don't typically rub anything in anyone's face unless I feel like they deserve it and so a lot of the time if a Packers fan maybe like somebody I've never met before we talk it's at the bar they're like hey who do you like I'm like the Vikings and they automatically assume I'm just a terrible person it's like dude like you don't know me at all and I wish nothing badly upon you, but you're just going to assume I'm just a bad fan or I'm a bad person. You question me because I like the Vikings. And it's like, 
Yeah, that happens way too often. So I get really sick of that. That's that's weird. Well, and you, I, I think you have a pass like a like a pacifist attitude because you like grew up your entire life around Packers fans. Like if you grew up in the Twin Cities, right? You grow up in I don't know St. Cloud or Egan or, or wherever. You can be a little bit more bold about your fandom, but you've been behind enemy lines for your entire life. So I think you have to be passive. Like you'll wear your jersey, right? You've always had an excellent collection of jerseys, but I, like. Going at it with Packers fans would always be a losing battle for you just because you you grew up around Packers fans. Packers fans are in, I don't know. Can I tell you one thing that bothers me about Packers fans right now? Yeah. Like, I hate how Packers fans brag about how Green Bay is title town and it's all about titles and we don't care about anything else. And yet, for the last couple of years, we have found a way to, like, rationalize losing in the NFC title game. Like, that's the new standard of success. Like, we're always moving the goalposts. Like, if the Packers lose in the NFC title game, it's no longer about titles. It's no longer about 13 world championships. It's about, well, what if, like, we, we're so blessed. Like, we could be the Detroit Lions, or we could be the Vikings, right? And we get to watch our team go to the NFC title game. We should be thankful for that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I thought that this is about titles. You can't always reference championships as, like, your, your crowning achievement and then, like, downplay the importance of championships in the current era. Like, if you want to talk about titles in the 60s and before and you want to make your whole fan base about rings, okay, but then when you lose in the NFC Championship game, that has to be considered a failure and a failure that needs to be fixed. And for whatever reason, Packers fans just aren't, they're not, they're not doing that right now and it bothers me. It's like we're content to just be pretty darn good and let Rodgers walk out the door whenever that happens and just be like, okay, well, we had our fun you know, it's it's only entertainment after all, and I don't know that irks me. Yeah, and so one thing about being a Vikings fan is, hey, you you won your 2010 Super Bowl. Like, can't take that away from you. But that was a long time ago, kind of, because it's been 11 years. And so, if we talk about divisions or division championships, I guess Packer fans will be like, well, we don't hang division title banners it's like okay cool well the vikings have won like two out of the last six or whatever and the packers will be like once they won another one they'll be like yeah but we won like eight out of the last 12 it's like we're just like expanding the numbers here it's like we can go back all these years and talk about all the times each franchise won but then it's like if i'm talking to somebody one-on-one if I'm winning the argument, they can literally tap their buddy on the shoulder and be like, hey, this guy's a Vikings fan. And then I have to just literally do it all over again. It's very tiring. And it's like, I just prefer to never talk about that unless I'm with you or there are a couple other Packer fans that I can honestly have a good conversation with. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, I don't know, it must suck to have a conversation with Packers fans too because no matter what you say or what you're excited about or whatever the Vikings are doing that, that you are enthusiastic about, it, like a Packers fan would be like, well, you don't have any Super Bowls. Like, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> but like, the Packers have lost four NFC Championship games in seven years. Like, if we're going to make this about Super Bowls, the Packers haven't exactly fared well recently either. I, I don't know. I hate that as an end-all, be-all because I think it's lazy football fandom. Like, oh, you don't have any Super Bowls. Okay, well then, what? Like, then go home. Like, be done talking about sports. If it's always going to come back to that then it's, it's never going to be a fun conversation. And I don't know. Something I appreciate about Vikings fans is, like, man, you go to the NFC title game, and it's like it's like when the Brewers make the playoffs. Like, it's amazing. Like, the, the excitement is tangible, and it's electric. And I think Vikings fans have a really good perspective about that, right? Because they haven't maybe been spoiled like Packers fans have. And I love talking sports with Vikings fans because they have, 
it's such a grounded perspective on sport. Like the, the, the Packers fans, some of us, we've just kind of lost our way. And we like, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. So I almost wish I wouldn't have brought it up now. But <laughs> Vikings fans have the best perspective. They can get excited about like the, the simplest things in sports. And I think Packers fans have lost that ability. Um, and, and for that reason, I, I do enjoy talking Vikings. I enjoy talking to Vikings fans because it's always really fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I love talking Vikings and I'll talk Wisconsin sports till the cows come home. Like, I have no problem. I'll talk. I'll talk New Jersey Devils. I'll talk anybody. I don't care. But it's like once, catbirds. Yes, exactly. The catbirds. You got to get some merch. Don't you have like a sweatshirt or something? I wish a catbird sweatshirt. Lacrosse bobcats too. Oh right, yeah. I mean, literally, I'll talk sports all day. But then when you when you start coming at me, it's like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. That's not what I came here for. And I never get to talk sports with you anymore because I never get to see you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I appreciate you. I I need to come down to lacrosse, and you got to get back up here so we can hang out at Jake's Supper Club. (laughs) I remember you being at Jake's. I'll never forget being at Jake's Supper Club. Last summer, tanked on Miller Lights, of course, just stumbling through a fantasy draft. Yes. I've never thrown caution to the wind to that extent, or I'm outside at a tiki bar doing a fantasy draft. I'm like, hey, Brett, you, Brett, like, you think I should, should I take Terry McLaurin or should I take Curtis Samuel? And you're like, I don't know, flip a coin. Like, that's, that's the way that we should. That's how we should attack fantasy football, and I will never forget that last summer. So I want to do that again. Yeah, and it was the perfect vibe because, and not to bring this up, but obviously the Bucks were playing that day and they lost, and you were you were literally fine with it because it's like, well, I'm having the best day otherwise. We're listening to good yeah. music, having some drinks, great weather. Like nothing else could ruin this day besides you know the Bucks not playing their best. You can't let sports ruin your day. Like sports can frustrate you and. But, I mean, okay, losing to Tom Brady in the way that they did in the NFC Championship, that ruined my day. Fine. But the Bucks losing in a second-round series that they were appearing to not having a chance in any way, like, you can't let it ruin your day. can't let sports ruin your day. Absolutely. You know, I think we're going to have to end it on that. We have certainly set a record for Land of 10,000 Tears length of a recording. So I, I want to give you the opportunity to shout anybody out on this episode before we conclude this. Your father, for being an excellent man who just retired and has been on vacation, you said. So that's pretty, that's pretty sick. So I will shout out your father. Yeah, shout out Steve Lindbergh. He is enjoying his time off. He is letting me use the basement as a recording studio and... I've got all the privacy in the world to do what I like the most. Talking sports. Shout out to Ernie as well. Shout out Ernie. Grant, I appreciate having you. It's been great to talk, and we will continue to do this. I can't wait for baseball season. Can't wait to see you next time. Enjoy. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks, man. Anytime. Enjoy the twin season. Yep. Talk to you. That interview with Grant Bills is brought to you by Triple Threat Training, where you can truly learn from the best and get lessons from people who truly understand baseball. Check them out. That's www.triplethreattrainingllc.com. They also have awesome merchandise like hats, sweatshirts, and shirts where you can work out in and you can wear them around town. You look great. You'll feel great. You won't regret it. That's Triple Threat Training. Give them a try. I want to thank Grant Bills again for joining me today. He truly carried this episode, and we went very long. I didn't think we were going to go that long, but I thought it was good content. I hope you enjoyed it, too. That's the episode for today. We'll catch you in the next one. Have a good day.